this for the theme of our Christmas celebration this year. Children, go where I send thee. And we're going to learn week by week about those times when the Bible says God spoke to specific people in specific ways and said, this is where I want you to go. This is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to tell the world that God has sent his son. His name is Jesus. Go where I send thee. And the first one that heard that message was an angel. His name was Gabriel. You know, throughout the ages as he went about his task, Gabriel always kept one eye on Almighty God. Gabriel was God's primary messenger, sent when God had a message, and Gabriel had a message he longed to deliver. For eons he waited to deliver the message. He'd been uh, sent to speak to mankind before. He came to speak to Daniel one time to explain to Daniel the meaning behind the visions that God was giving him. He appeared to Zechariah in the temple to reveal that he and Elizabeth were going to have a son and his name would be John the Baptist. But there was still a visit he was longing to make. There was a message that Gabriel desired to share. And he stood by waiting to deliver his message as human history passed by. He witnessed the creation of the world. He saw Adam and Eve planted in the garden. He was an eyewitness to their temptation. He watched as they chose a path of disobedience and as sin became a part of the world. Gabriel stood and watched as the Lord called out Abraham and sent him to carry, uh, to fulfill God's promise to make him the father of nations. He stood by and watched as Moses was sent to set his people free. Gabriel watched the people of God, this creation of man, as they listened to the Lord and closed their ears, as they followed and then chose to disobey, as they would repent and return only to fall away again. Gabriel watched everything as it happened, but he could not hear that command that he longed to hear. Over the ages, he witnessed the damage that sin can cause to a human soul. He watched as mankind descended into darkness. He saw how the result of sin was spiritual death. And he knew that there was nothing people could do to save themselves. Gabriel heard the messages that were sent through the law and the prophets. He saw people fall short of what the Lord told them to do. There were times when he longed to help, to bring a message of hope. But the Lord did not give him permission. Instead, the Lord waited until humanity had used up all its own answers. He waited until they had tried everything the world promised would bring them peace. And finally the moment came and God gave the command. Gabriel, go where I send thee. And Gabriel was given the privilege of announcing the news that a dying world had been waiting to hear. He was to go to the village of Nazareth to bring a message to the Virgin Mary and to declare eternal hope for the world. And so he declared, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, 
there will be no end. That was the message Gabriel had been waiting to deliver. That has been the, was the reason that he constantly kept his eye on the Almighty God because he wanted so much to be able to do it. Gabriel had the privilege of announcing the coming of Jesus, the Savior of the world. Divinity would enter humanity. It would bring light into darkness and hope into everlasting despair. So this morning, I want us to take some time as we enter into our Christmas season and begin to look together at what we can learn from Gabriel's announcement to Mary. The first thing we learn is this. God's plan is a perfect plan. A few verses after that announcement to Mary, Gabriel made the plan, a plan plain. He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the son of God Gabriel came and he delivered that message and he delivered it to a specifically chosen person at a specifically chosen point in her life you see he brought the the message to the virgin Mary there have always been people who have insisted that the virgin birth didn't really have to be an essential part of the Christmas story. That that could be one of those things that you set to the side and not talk about very much. Because after all, everybody knows that's not how babies come into this world. But the Bible says, Gabriel was sent to the Virgin Mary. And he uses that term more than one time. As though to say, this is an essential part of the Christmas story. Because it is. It's not enough to say Jesus was the most holy man who ever lived. It's not enough to say Jesus was specially anointed by God. It's not enough to say Jesus had a message that came from God himself to deliver. You see, without the virgin birth, Jesus was not the son of God. And if he was not the son of God, then he was unable to save. And if he was unable to save, then we are eternally lost. Apart from the doctrine of the virgin birth, one of the things we need to recognize is this. The Bible is nothing but a bunch of stories and pretty sayings and comforting devotionals that have zero power to transform human life. Apart from the essence of the gospel story, which tells us that God sent the angel Gabriel and he said, you go, you go to the Virgin Mary and you tell her she's going to have a son. And that son is going to be the very Son of God. That's when everything is transformed. The world would never be the same again because God was sending His Son into the world. You see, God had a plan. And it was that Gabriel was to declare the word would become flesh. That God's plan would be the only begotten son. That he would come to the earth as a newborn. That he would be fully God and yet fully man. That he was born to redeem his people 
from their sins. I love the way Philippians describes God's plan. Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. That's the news. That's the word that Gabriel was sent to declare. A baby would be born. That baby would be the divine son of God. He would be called Jesus, Savior. And that plan would lead from the cradle to the cross. And Gabriel's challenge to Mary was to trust God's plan. You see, Christmas is a season that reminds us that God is always actively at work in our world and in your life. If there's anything we need to know this morning, it is this. God has a plan. God has a perfect plan. God had a plan for the salvation of mankind. And it was that his only begotten son would take on human flesh. That he would cast aside his divinity in order to become humanity. And yet somehow he would be fully God and fully man. How do you explain that? What do you compare that to? You can't. There's nobody else who's ever been like Jesus. There's never anybody Whoever again will be like Jesus. Only he. Only he. And God's plan was that his son would come to be among us. And that he would show us God's ways. And he would teach us God's truth. And he would touch lives and transform people forever. And that he would give himself away. As the perfect sacrifice. On a cross. You can't have Christmas without a cradle and a cross. They're both part of the plan. And as surely as God has a plan for the world, he also has a plan for your life. He knows exactly what he wants to do with you. He knows exactly how he wants to guide you. And if you'll listen, then he will teach you. He has a plan. He has a plan for you. The coming of Jesus is God's guarantee. He will not keep his distance from you. He is there just for you. If Gabriel came to announce that God's plan was perfect, he also said this, and God's promises are fulfilled at the, at the very perfect time. Seems strange, doesn't it? Why would God wait so long to redeem a lost world. I know there must have been times when Gabriel asked himself that question as he watched human history march by, as he saw the misery that came upon this planet because of the power of sin, and he watched people fall aside, and he recognized people needed a Savior. Why did God wait? Why did God wait? And yet God did wait. And Gabriel had to wait for that perfect time. And if he was going to wait, why not wait longer? Why not wait to a time like the one in which we live when the good news can be delivered around the world instantly and the entire planet can hear what God has done? Why did Jesus come to save at a time when he would never be able to travel more than a few dozen miles from the place from which he was born? And the people who would hear him personally would number 
in a few thousand rather than millions who needed to hear. Why not wait a little longer? Here's the thing. The Lord never explains why he chose to send Jesus when he sent him. Instead, he does something better. The Bible tells us that everything was deliberate and it was all done right on time. Galatians 4, 4, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. I love that phrase, don't you? The fullness of time. When everything was absolutely right. It wasn't time before then. It wasn't time after then. There was that perfect time. There was the fullness of time. When God sent his son. When God declared, this is the time. This is the place. I'm sending my son. Not only that, Luke reminds us that it was when the days were completed for her to be delivered that Jesus came. When it was right on time for that baby to be born, he was born. You know, I love to be around newborn babies and I love to listen to folks. And folks do better now than they ever used to about being able to say, this is when that baby is going to be born. But you know what I've learned over the years? I've learned babies come when babies decide to come. And you cannot say to that baby, I'm sorry, you're not supposed to come for a week. We're not ready for you yet. And you can't say, I'm sorry, uh, it's, it's too late. You were supposed to come last week and we don't have time for you this week. My schedule is full. Babies come when babies are ready to come. And when the fullness of time had come, that baby came. His name was Jesus. And it was God's perfect time. There is a tremendous assurance in knowing that God does everything in a perfect way and at the perfect time. No wonder we hear that promise again and again throughout the Christmas story. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Don't be worried. Don't be concerned. God knows what he's doing and he's doing it right on time. You can trust the Lord. He has everything under control. You know, sometimes we're tempted to think that our world today is darker than it's ever been before. We continue to be witnesses to the power of sin to destroy lives and at those who turn away. But one thing we can be sure of, God is still in control. Under his plan and in his time, he is doing redeeming work in our world and in the lives of people. Jesus fulfilled Isaiah's prophecy from 700 years prior to his birth. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. God's perfect plan is always right on time. It's true in our world and it's true in the lives and the families of people all around us today. God is doing what he's doing just when he planned to do it. That's why today if I ask you about your salvation experience with Christ, 
we would get so many different stories. And some of us would say, I received Christ when I was eight years old. That's my story. I received Christ because it seemed so natural to trust him. After all, I had seen it at home and I had heard it at church and I recognized that the time had come when God was speaking just to me. And some of us would say, you know, I didn't have that salvation experience until my teenage years. And there I was, 15, 16 years old, and I had done everything that I thought was a good thing to do or a right thing to do, but I knew things weren't right. And so that day came when I recognized God was speaking to me. It's time. It's time to trust me. And some of us would give a testimony that said it was only in my years as an adult that I came to trust Jesus Christ. You know, over the course of time, I've baptized seven-year-olds and I've baptized 70-year-olds. And every one of us would have the same testimony of saying, there came that moment in my life when I heard Jesus say to me, it's time. And I knew I had to make a choice. Was I ready to trust him as my Savior? God's plan and God's time is always perfect in the lives of people. And God's voice is unmistakable. That's the word I was trying to come up with. God's voice is unmistakable. You know that it's him. And you realize the time has come when I have to do business with Jesus Christ. I have to decide what I'm going to do. Gabriel's message is for you this morning. The coming of Jesus is not simply a historical event that happened in a small town a long time ago. It has power to change lives today. Long ago, the Lord said to Gabriel, Go where I send thee. And here's the message. You go to a virgin in the city of Nazareth, and you tell her a baby's coming. That baby is God's son. And he is going to transform the world. But most of all, he is going to transform souls one by one. And he's still doing that today. And maybe you're here today and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you know all the truth. But there's never come that time in your life when you've said, you know what, the truth has become my truth. And today I trust Jesus. And today if you don't know him, I want to invite you, I want to urge you, encourage you to trust him as Savior and as Lord. In a moment when we stand and sing our invitation hymn, that'll be your chance to be here at the front, and I'll be here, and Dr. Hutchins will be here, and either one of us would love to meet you right here at the front and introduce you to the one who can transform your life and change your eternal destiny. Or maybe you're here and you recognize, I need to be part of what God is doing at First Baptist Church. I want to bring my membership here. Or maybe there's something else you need to do, another decision you need to make. 
What I know is this. If the Lord calls your name, don't hesitate. Don't resist. You come. Let's stand together. Let's sing. good day it's been in God's house and Benson comes to say thank you to the Lord for all the goodness that he's shown in his life and we rejoice along with you and we're so glad it's so good to see your family all in one place well I don't see Ruth she's not there is she she's downstairs tell her we missed her okay we're just so grateful for what God has done and for the doors he's opened and we're just glad to have you back It's been good to be in God's house today. Looking forward to tonight. Harrison Smith is going to be preaching to us tonight. We've been glad to have Harrison back with us. And will be with us for another couple of months before he goes off to officer's uh, candidate school. And so we look forward to, to him as he continues his journey toward Army chaplaincy. He's going to speak to us tonight. Remember what Rich told us. We're going to be in the choir room tonight. The fellowship hall is going to be... It's going to be seeing a lot of use this week. So uh, we'll be meeting upstairs tonight. It's been good to be in God's house. I'm glad we got to share this time together. Let's bow together for a final prayer and then one last song as we go. Father, we do thank you that you sent Gabriel to give us the word that according to his perfect plan and in his perfect time, God sent his son to save And in your perfect time, you continue to save souls yet today. Lord, bless us. Help us to serve you through this Christmas season. Help us to remember in you the miracle of God's salvation. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.